0: Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota and this is our podcast. I just wanna say thank you for joining us and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you, enjoy. Let me ask you this, have you guys ever been to like a valley national park? You know what I'm talking about, like Yosemite? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Known for its great waterfalls and things like that. Uh, how about Napa Valley? By the way, that was one of my favorites. When you see all the wine groves and when we were driving it through, it was, they were just budding. It was amazing. I don't know if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon. I love the Grand Canyon. In fact, it's now one of my favorite things to go to and I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm actually uh, a friend of mine, we're going to do the day hike where you start at one, one valley edge and you go all the way down and back up. You can actually do it in a day but you've got to leave just before sunrise. So I'm excited about that. And Then the last one I've not been to, has anybody been to Death Valley? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you I, That's one of my dreams. I mean I see you in all the Westerns. <laughs> yep. but I, I want to go to Death Valley, but valleys are, are throughout the Bible. In fact, let me help you with them. Like in Joshua chapter seven, he talks about the valley of calamity. It's a crazy passage to read. In Psalm 84, David uses the imagery of a people passing through the valley of Baca, or known as the Valley of weeping. And the Bible talks about all these tears that people shed. Uh, Hosea talks about the Valley of Achor or the Valley of Trouble. Of course, there's the Valley of Shittim, but we're not going to talk about that one.
1: I've been there. I've been there. Though. I owned a condo there for a couple of years. That's,
0: that's, that's yeah. great. Then there's then there's the Valley of Hinnon which is a valley I do want to talk about real quickly because it's a very desolate valley. Now, here's what you probably don't know: the Valley of Hinnon is just outside of the city of Jerusalem. Now, don't miss this. It's the valley where Israel sinned greatly, well before Jesus, where they sacrificed their own children to the God of Melech. I just try to wrap my mind around that.
1: Can't,
0: oh. You talk about how evil the world is? Yeah. How, how could you do that? But as the consequence, in the book of Jeremiah, you will read that the Lord called the valley the Valley of Slaughter. The Valley of Slaughter. But during the days of Jesus, this valley was the city's garbage dump, and they had fires that continuously burned. And the people during Jesus' day, uh, they would look at this valley not just synonymous, but the symbol of hell. And people avoided it. Uh, you can imagine the stench. But there's also valleys, valleys where battles were fought and victories were won. Of course, one of the famous ones is the valley of Elah. Now, maybe you don't know this, but you'll know the battle. It was where young David, as a shepherd boy, uh, won a great victory over the Philistine, Goliath. I mean, that's the valley, if you will, the valley of Elah. But something important happened in that valley that I don't want you to miss because it really speaks what we're going to talk about, okay? And here it is. If you were on God's side of the valley, it was the valley of victory. If you are on Goliath's side of the valley... It's the valley of defeat. Now, here's reality today. Today, valleys have a negative type of symbolism. Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, think about it. If someone's going through despair or discouragement or they're downcast, they say, I'm in a valley. But what I want to grasp is that valleys don't have to be viewed that way, okay? And I don't want you to miss this. I want to go back to Goliath and David, okay? It just depends on which side of the valley you are. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Psalm 23. Psalm 23, and I have been loving this series. Wow. Here we are in the fourth week. And, and is, can, can I just say what I've said so many times? It is a quick trip. It just seems like yesterday that they told us we couldn't have church. And if you didn't know this, that was like 25 weeks ago. Where in the world does time go? But here we are in the fourth week of the series, Psalm 23. and I'm going to begin in the very first verse as we walk into verse 4. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. I like the way little Sally said, remember that in the very first week? I don't need anything else. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to His name. And here it is. Even when I walk through the darkest valleys, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Let me read that again. Even when I walk through the darkest valley. I always like to add the word of. Darkest of valley, I will not be afraid. I don't need to be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod, your staff, protect and they comfort me. I want to quickly give you, if you will, and we're going to talk about this, and we'll just pull this apart. I want to give you some key aspects, some facts, if you will, about valleys. Okay, because you need to know this, because too often we get stuck in the valley. Isn't that just fair? It's easy to let our judgment get clouded and all of a sudden we're surrounded and we're going through a very difficult time and there's some things that I think if we could grasp about a valley that would would be very helpful. Here's the first one. Valleys are inevitable. Absolutely. Valleys are inevitable. Jesus said, "In this world you will have tribulation. You will have valleys. You're going to have valleys. But Jesus said what? Be of good cheer. I have overcome them. It just depends on which side of the valley you are. Perception is everything. I want you to, if you will, somewhere in your notes, maybe in your Bible somewhere, write down that word will. It's very important when Jesus said you will have tribulations. Just somewhere in your notes because it's important you catch this. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when the valley happens. If you're not in a valley right now, enjoy the scenery. Because you're going to be in a valley! We all experience difficulties, disappointments and discouragements, yes? yes. We will all face suffering, sorrow and sickness, fair? Yep. We will all go through frustration, failure and fatigue! Ecclesiastes 9 says this, it is one fate for everyone. Everybody! He literally lumps them all in the same box, if you will. The righteous and the wicked good people, bad people, the nice and the nasty, worshipers and non-worshippers, committed and uncommitted, everyone's lumped together in one fate. Life leads to valleys. We will all go through valleys, but but I want to say this and I want to stop and talk about this, okay? This is important you catch this. We may not be able to plan everything. Fair? but you can most certainly prepare for everything.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
3: right. yeah. That's right indeed.
0: It's true. I hope you got that. Okay. A lot of things come our way, valleys are inevitable, but you can prepare for them. Let's talk about it. What's going through your mind? Well, I,
1: Obviously for anybody who lives in this area, there's a lot of flat land. But no matter which direction you go, eventually you're going to face different land. Because it always happens. I don't care which direction. And to be honest with you, how boring would it be if all it was was flat land? Man, I want variety. I want different things in there. But that's life. It's all the way through. So it shouldn't shock any of us. But you're right. We can prepare for it when we get to it.
4: Sometimes, I was just talking to someone today about... Sometimes we're in a valley, and we were just talking about that and and it wasn't something that we chose; it was something that someone else did that caused a valley for us and you have to be prepared for that in the morning by reading your Bible and by taking time with the Lord so that you can handle how to walk through that when it comes in the afternoon and uh sometimes how we react shows how ready we were, you know, and so if we Always. Yeah. And so if we stay, if we stay victim, we get stuck. And I was trying to explain today that we don't have to be a victim because he's already been the victor. So if we just walk with him and say, well, what does he say about when we're in that situation? So, you know, sometimes it isn't our choice that we're in that valley, but we have to deal with it because someone we love has put us there.
2: It's interesting to me that David and Goliath were both in the same valley of Elah. It's the same valley. It was just it was whose side they were on and who they had on their side. Just that difference of who they're lining themselves up with. Same valley.
5: I love your analogy on the beautiful valleys. I mean, I've been to Yosemite. It's one of the most beautiful places there is. But if we can learn to learn to see the valleys as a beautiful thing. Um, as an opportunity. That's how I like to see them. It's not always easy, but preparing as an opportunity.
6: We love uh, Spearfish Canyon. It's been one of our favorite spots in forever. And you know it's got such variety and waterfalls and streams and beautiful cliffs and sheer walls and and uh, the variety of what's there you don't feel like you're in a valley. You feel like you're in paradise, and I think Yosemite is kind of the same way.
0: Here's the second thing I want to say about valleys. So the first one is they're inevitable. We're all going to face them. But here's number two: valleys are impartial. They don't have no favorites. Now, now listen. You may feel like okay that the valley's out for you, and and that somehow um, other people seem to get. A better deal. I mean, how come they never have to go through the valley? Have you ever felt that way? Why is it always happening to me? But here's the deal it happens to everyone. They're impartial. I just read that. It's one fate for everyone. Now, listen everyone goes through valleys. And it may appear when they're going through it like they're really not and like they never have to face difficulty. Here's what I've learned. It's one of two things. Either they have learned to fake it, because people have learned to do that, right? You walk up to them, how you doing? Doing great. And they've just learned to put a mask on, or they learned to face it. When you watch people go through, uh, they don't play favorites, valleys don't. But I've been privileged to be around people who've learned how to face it. As you said, find the victory rather than being the... Victim.
2: Right.
0: We just said they're inevitable, but they're impartial. In fact, Matthew 4, Jesus said this God makes his sun rise on the evil. You ready for this? And the good. And sends rain on the just and the unjust. It happens to everyone. We're going to go through valleys, and they don't play favorites. Here's the third one Valleys are impermanent. Okay. David said, Though I walk through the valley, he's doing what with the valley, walking, and he's walking what through Through it. Okay, listen this valleys aren't dead ends, they're not dead ends, they're not everlasting. There is another side of the valley. In fact, in first Peter, Peter says, Be glad, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. How long? A A little while. They're not. They're not permanent. They're impermanent. Okay, and here's the fourth one. Then I want to talk about it. Finally, valleys can be instructive. Okay, they can be instructive. I contend there are so many lessons we learn in the valley. And may I add, maybe only in the valley. I will tell you the best lessons in my life is when I was going through the valley. In fact, that passage in Peter, the very next verse says this: These trials are only to test your faith to show that it is strong and pure. Strong and pure. In fact, Paul says in Corinthians uh, that we're we need to be refined. We're going to be put into valleys, into furnaces. I'll tell you, I love mountaintops. I love mountaintops, but my faith gets built in the valley. How about you? It just does and like a muscle we all know if you don't work the muscle it atrophies right it'll wither same as true with your faith i contend that valleys are necessities that's what i believe so let's talk about that let's talk about the impartiality that they're not permanent and you can learn a lot of great lessons what's going through your mind
4: well i um, i think about some of the things i've been through in the world there've been a few like everyone else but I wouldn't be who I am without them. And I wouldn't be able to help others around me who might be walking in now and teach them how to walk through it, maybe help them a little faster than I did. Um, and I, I thank God for every one of them, uh, even though some of them were pretty tough. Um, but it's kind of like the song, He's Making Diamonds, it's my favorite song. Sunday mornings I crank it up and I'm putting my makeup on and I'm just thinking, bring it on, Lord, because, you know, just, just... Just crush me from that dust into a diamond. Just, just make me that. And uh, sometimes he gives me some pretty good crushing. But then there's times when I'm starting to shine, and it feels really good that I'm helping someone else walk through
1: it. I appreciate the language that David used. I walk through. I, I'm not drugged through. I'm not carried through. I walk through it. You know, I I remember a friend of mine a few years back said told the story of a woman who came up to the pastor at the end of the service and said, You know, Pastor, my, my husband told me to go to hell. He said, well don't go. He said, but if you're going through hell, keep going. Don't stop. And if you're going through it, get out of it the other way. And, and it's walking through, I remember our daughter, her senior year of high school, last basketball game of the year came down tore ACL MCL meniscus tore everything okay well obviously that's not what you choose but i was really surprised cuz i had not been th- you know through that they said immediately after surgery okay rehab immediately let's get you up walking walking immediately you know let's get your knee going immediately and all the rehab stuff because it was okay let's get you going, get going. that muscle now the doctor said because that is actually much stronger than the other leg because of the reconstructive happen that through all the rehab, the walking, the walking through it, she's stronger that like the other one. and that's true with our spirits, our souls as well. We're stronger when we walk through it, but unfortunately, we become the victim sometimes and feel, "I'm oh, dragging me through this." No, we have to walk through it.
6: I, I just can't help but think of the when you enter a valley, you're you're on a downslope, and if you stop at the bottom of the valley, you're you're in your victim mode. But if you keep going, you're you're going up again, and uh, I, you know, the the wild card is faith. I think, you know, uh, even though I walked through the valley, I remember of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He had such strong faith to write something like that, that uh, that's what I strive for.
5: Someone that I. Really look up to. This was years ago. I was in a valley, and um, I asked him for advice, and um, and the, he said one thing: just keep moving. And that reminded me of you know you get just you got to keep you got to walk, you got to keep moving through it. You get every day just keep moving, and it's true. You got it, but you have to you have to keep moving.
0: I think of that old song, one day at a time. Lord Jesus it's all i'm asking from you each step sometimes it feels like there's no hope sometimes it feels like there's no way out but one step one step at a time you know you smiled and i was thinking of that story of of the young kid who sat with the old man and he said you know you're you're so wise you know how how do you how do you understand wisdom and he says you don't make mistakes he says, "I want that. I want to be wise. How do I do that?" He says, "Make mistakes, <laughs> because that's what happens in the valley. Is it not? Yeah. You, gra- you, you, you have the ability to grace wisdom, to grab hold. Your life forever changes. But again, it's all determines on what side of the valley." Well,
1: everything God created, He created it with the opposite. Obviously, darkness, light, everything else. Breathing in, we take in oxygen, but we breathe out carbon dioxide. But carbon dioxide is needed for. Life to sustain itself, and we sometimes focus only on the one side, but the other side is needed because it's a cycle, over and over that God
0: put into motion for life. If not, it's death. How many couples, older couples, you ask? How long you've been married? And he says it almost every time. She put up with me for fifty years, <laughs> or she put up with me for forty-seven years. You know, it's always he put up, she put up with. You know, and what is he saying? We had our hard times, but we learned to work through them. And it made us better. It made us stronger. And that's the celebration. And that's what it's about. And so, how how do we learn then? How do we learn from David as we go through these valleys? These valleys that that they're going to happen. They, they show, if you will, no favoritism. And we talked about they're not they're not permanent. I mean, those are things we need to know. But they can be incredibly instructive. So, what are some of the things that we can learn? The lessons? Well, David gives us. Right here in the psalm. And here's the first one do not be discouraged. He literally says, What? I will fear no evil. A choice. I will not fear. I'm not going to get discouraged. We all know that we've all heard this. Life is not about what you go through, but what and who you go through it with. What side of the valley? What side of the valley? I mean, we've seen it. You take two people, identical people. Put them in the exact same situation, and you get two different results. Some faith up, some freak out. But again, it all determines on what side of the valley. See, here's the deal: if you focus on your circumstances, your circumstances will rule. You focus on Christ, and Christ will rule. That is just a fact. I I love the old the old hymn. There is power, power. I remember we used to sing it. We were just like, whoa, come on, we just want to get her boxing gloves up. Wonderworking power <laughs> in, in the, the blood. blood. We, okay. I remember singing this in a church growing up. And we had one of those organists where she played, I think, also with her feet. I mean, oh, that, yeah. she, that thing come alive oh, yeah. and she'd always have that little interim and that last verse... And then all of a sudden, you build the crescendo, and boom, and we're diving out of our pew. Even with a little kid, there is power, power. We're, I mean, we're singing all the way home. It's just awesome. I love that. I mean, think about it this way if Jesus would not have died, valley, you and I would not live, mountaintop. The cross was essential for the resurrection. If you want to see God in your life, then the valleys are essential. Absolutely. When you're in a place where you can't even handle it. Like you're in serious trouble. But we don't get discouraged. Why? Because you are with me, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But why why be discouraged? I will fear no evil. What's going through your mind as you hear that?
3: There's a scripture that I read Earlier this year, actually, and I feel like it has changed my life entirely, when Jesus is asking Peter, who do you say that I am? Mm-hmm. And it's literally like He was asking me that question. Ryan, who do you say that I am? That changes everything as you're looking at valleys and how you approach valleys and how you go through them. It, it all is how you answer that question. That's good. And I, I, I love, you know, it kind of ties in when you say everything is right here means you answered that question, who is He in your life? Um, And it's just, it's changed everything this year. With everything going on in the world and everything going on in, in my own life and having my own health issues come up this year, I've answered that question. And so it makes this valley easier, makes it, you approach it differently. Absolutely.
0: It's what David did. David answered the question. I mean, I can't imagine what Goliath was like. The dude was big. And and David can't even wear armor, right? And so he's out there, you know, in his little shepherd cloak, you know, and a slingshot. But you remember what he says? He answers that question. I defy you in the name of the living God. He answered the question. Who do you say I am? And David said, "I know who you are."
1: The, the key is focus. It's a word you said earlier. I uh, had a mentor of mine who's now in heaven, but he was a World War II vet, and he was a naval person. And his ship got hit by a kamikaze plane, broke in half, and went down. And he said it was interesting because he wasn't that athletic himself. And there were—he he would say it this way. There were a number of others that were way more athletic than him, and he wasn't even that good a swimmer, but. He he made it when a lot of others didn't he said and the key reason cuz he had just gotten engaged and he said oh, I thought I thought about one thing the whole time obviously his his wife to be he said that's all I focused on the whole time the others didn't have something to focus on and that's why the focus you know what is it in Christ I can or you know with Christ if I keep the focus that's why the bible says consider jesus focus on jesus through it
0: and that's what david's going to tell us why, why should I be discouraged? And the very next thing he says is, For you are with me. And my point is, God is always present. David understood that. He, David wasn't, if you will, saying, He's with me right now. I, I'm not going to be discouraged. You're always with me. Even though I walk through the valley, the valleys you know, of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear anything. God is with us. Let, let me give you something I think is a secret. Christianity is not the absence of problems. It's the presence of God. Yeah. And, and I think too often people want to come to Christ. And I fear that sometimes that people want to come to Christ and what they're looking for is all the problems to be taken away. They become absence. Because I've heard people say, well, I tried that Jesus thing, it didn't work. <laughs> and I always say this you didn't try him. Because if you did, it always works. He always works. My goodness! In fact, I would say this, when you give your heart to Christ, I think you inherit more problems because if I'm not saved, then I'm no threat to the enemy. Exactly. But in the spiritual war, valleys are going to come in, in torrents sometimes yeah. because Satan's going to do everything he can. He's a roaring lion, that's what the Bible says. And so It's not the absence of problems, it just means I have the presence of God. I, I know who He is. Answering that question I think is so great, Ryan. When you answer that question, and I think God asks it all the time, who do you say I am? And David said, you're, you're the living God. Isaiah 43 says this, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Notice that when. It's not a matter of if, you know, when you go through the rivers, they will not overtake you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned remember that worship song? I love it when Carrie Job sings it. "I am not alone. I am not alone. I love those words. You will go before me. You are with me." That's the beautiful thing. That's what I love about that song. In fact, repeat this after me: When God is near, when God, God is, near, is near, I have nothing to fear. I have, I have nothing, nothing to, fear. to fear. It's that simple. Now, I want you to look at your Bibles in Psalm 23 and I, I want to I show you something. because I, I want you to notice that the language actually changes from verse 2 and 3 to verse 4. If you look in verses 2 and 3, David uses the third person as he's referencing God. He makes me, He leads me, He restores me. But the moment he gets to the fourth verse, he moves it to second person. You are with me, your rod, your staff, you prepare a table, you anoint my head. See, Here's what I want you to grasp. When we're in a valley, and it's only in the valley when we get to come face to face with God. Like Jacob wrestling, David I don't believe by accident is just carelessly using the language. I think he shifts it to help you understand. When you're in the valley, your religion now becomes a relationship. Exactly. When you're in the valley, you don't keep talking about God, you're talking to God. It's a beautiful thing. God is always present. He's not someone out there. David's like, he's here right now. This is good stuff. What's going through your mind?
6: I, I think it's amazing to, to, to pick up on things like that the tense in which he is speaking of or to God. um, You know, most of us don't catch that kind of stuff. And it's really profound. I mean, it makes a big difference in that verse. And that's why you're taking weeks to to go through the one (laughs) verse. Uh, You know, it's, it's amazing to me the faith that he displays and reassures us that. We're going to be there, we're going to be down, we'll be in the valley. But walk right on through it. You know, keep moving, you'll be going up in a little bit.
5: It's cool how it illustrates that it's a personal relationship that gets us through. God's just not a God. God's here and it involves a relationship as well as these relationships too. I mean, what a great example of getting through a valley with relationship.
4: And what you fill that hole with, that, that missing piece. You know, when I years ago learned, and, and I try to make sure every one of the students that I work with or the people I work with, um, He put a hole, a missing piece there that we would forever search for Him so that we would want Him, need Him, and desire Him. And, and none, nothing else fills that hole up. And when I think about Jesus out there for 40 days and 40 nights, and what He went through, and how thirsty and hungry He had to have been, and He still kept walking through. It's like, Dawn, you have nothing in your world compared to what that man did for you. So, I just... There's no joy that you can feel, I don't care what you do, unless you let Him be the joy and fill it up, even in the hard times. I can feel joy even in tough time. You know, when you lose someone you love, they're, they're, they're leaving you. There's still joy there. There's still peace there. Um, you know, through everything we've been through, your car gets stolen. Hey, at least I wasn't in it. My kids weren't in it. You know, you can. There's something on every piece that we can look at that we can say, "Thank you, Lord. Thank you."
1: I sometimes I see the the relationship that, as I look at the Bible, that some people had, and I want that, but maybe I don't want to pay the Cost of that, so Moses, God talks to him like a man talks to his friend, and yet, do I want the 40 years in the wilderness to, to get that, or David, the relationship he has, and how much David was in a cave, just running for his life, you know, the the two go hand in hand because it's in that just what you said, it's in that 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 God becomes not my God or my savior, He becomes my friend, my very. Closest person to me. That's where it comes.
0: And so let's review real quick and we'll look at step three. David tells us, Do not be discouraged, for I will fear no evil because you are with me. God is always present. But here's the third thing David tells us things that we can learn, uh, the instructions that we can grasp, if you will, when we're going through the valley. God will guide and protect your rod, your staff. And I find this interesting. They comfort me. I, I find that so interesting when I read that, because these two tools are so essential to a good shepherd. But but let me tell you about these tools. The rod was roughly about two two feet in length and it had a large knot on the end of it. And a shepherd would use it to keep the predators at bay, if you will, to protect the sheep. So, that's comfort. <laughs> I mean, when I think of comfort, I always tack it on to food, okay? And, and I think of something soft and something savoring, you know? I don't think of a two-foot thing with a ball on the end of it, all right? <laughs> but the staff was a long stick with a hook, if you will, on the end. And a shepherd would use it to guide the sheep, sometimes to tap the sheep to let them know. But then also, if the sheep fell into some kind of a ditch or something, he could pull it out. But I find it interesting that these two are for comfort, that that I'm so understanding who God is that sometimes I understand the love of God has to correct me because in the correction, He's protection. And David goes, that's comfort to me. I'm glad I have a parent that doesn't just let me run wild. I'm glad I have a parent that tells me no sometimes. There's something unbelievably safe about that, isn't it? There's something secure about it. You know, our youngest right now, uh, for some odd reason at 10, um, she decided she's been wanting to sleep with us. And I I know that there's parents out there saying, as soon as you can get them out of the bed, as soon as you get them out of the bed. But I had a friend, just like you, Chris, who I think gave me a wonderful piece of wisdom. Because our earlier daughter, um, our oldest daughter, Jordan, when she was eight, nine, and 10, she wanted to sleep with us all the time. And partly is because our house was broken into and she had this incredible fear. But he told me this because I said, Man, she just wants to sleep with us and I, I, we're trying to get her out of the bed. He goes, Can I encourage you not to? He said, How long do you think it'll be that she will no longer want to? And it'll come sooner than later. Yeah. We've got this big house and pretty much we all live in one room. <laughs> and uh, so we went out and bought one of those blow up mattresses. So we're all in there. And we're all hanging out and we're just being, because I know that day's coming. She's not going to want to anymore. And that's going to be hard enough in that moment because this is the last one. God willing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But here's the deal whenever, wherever, when we go through the valley, the Lord, here's what David wants you to understand with the rod and thy staff the Lord is not just there. He's actively involved. Good shepherds don't guide their sheep through a valley and somehow the sheep is on its own. The shepherd is actively involved in walking that sheep through. That thrills my heart, that God's not just with me. He's making things happen all around me and through me. I and mean, that's a good shepherd. Amen to that? Amen. I love that. I, I want to wrap this up here in a minute and I wanna wanna look at something I think will be personal, but just in that last thought, he's actively involved. He's he's there to comfort, he's there to protect
5: and guide. What's going through your mind? I think of instantly I'm thinking of parenting. You remind me of that. I would say right now we're we're in a valley of parenting right now. I've got three teenagers at home and um it's Every, uh, um, uh, every day there's a new adventure. And, but it reminds me that just like our father, I have to be, we have to be actively involved every day. There's something that we need to be aware of that we need to, we need the rod for, But, but understanding that there's security and there's comfort in that, even though it might not look like there is, or you might, it might not seem like it in the moment. We have that confidence in knowing that there is comfort, just like we take comfort in our Father and His rod. Um, there's comfort in that as well. That, that, that that's important for us to be every single day uh, that we are actively involved, yes.
6: I have this mental picture of Goliath, this big gnarly you know, dude with all this armor on and little David kind of sitting there going, wow, this is gonna be tough. And Oh, by the way, meet my friend God, and he steps out from behind a tree with his rod and staff, and looks down at Goliath, and said, "Bring it on." <laughs> I
0: love that metal picture. I mean, that's
6: the first thing that came to my mind. Is he steps out, and oh,
0: uh. see, I, you guys know my favorite statement right now is not "Oh crap," but "Oh Christ," you know, because mm-hmm. um, I, I just see that, you know, David walking out, looks up, and like, "Oh crap." Yeah. Oh. Oh, Christ! You know, and, and then Goliath went, Oh, crap! Oh, crap. <laughs> I just, I mean, when God is, we say it all the time, one plus God is always the majority.
2: I know you've preached on this before about like our limited perspective in time, but I think it's interesting because sometimes looking back, I can see that God was guiding me and protecting me and comforting me but in the moment it feels like a valley, but give five or 10 years, you know, looking back on these bad relationships or like, I guess probably 15, 20 years, so. you you were ten years ago, so let's go back. Let's go back like let's go back like fifteen years. Um, so I just realized the math did not add up. Sorry, love. Um, but you know, like after college, these these awful relationships, and it felt like such a dark valley. And now, fast forward, you know, I'm in my upper thirties, and it's like, oh, thank you God, like you were protecting me, you were comforting me, like praise God, like. Thank you, you know, for my spouse, and like thank you for guiding me. It didn't feel very comfortable then, but looking back, I can see it. Yeah. There,
1: there's a few valleys, obviously, that I've gotten into because I wandered off, okay. But I also have to understand that there's a number of valleys I've been in that God led me into. And you know, the fact that okay, the only way I can get Reed to grow, the only way I can get Reed to learn to become what I need him to become, I need to take him here. That's the only way. And so for me, that's an encouragement again to me to understand okay, I'm not alone in this situation. In fact, potentially God allowed me to be here. Maybe He could have even led me here. Okay, let's keep walking, let's keep learning. There's something on the other side that I can't wait to see.
0: You know, Reed, you just said something that if God's going to let us wander, the valley's the best place for that to happen. Oh, absolutely. Because it's a built in, Safety. if you will, fortress. Yeah. When the walls are so high, He knows you're not going to get out. But He knows you can learn some valuable lessons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? You just made me think about that and I realized where Satan thinks he's winning, God from the bigger perspective is going, where are they going? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to hurt, it's going to bump, but they're in the valley. They can't climb those walls. They think they can, and I'm going to let them try. And they might scrape a knee or two, but you know something? It's going to be a great lesson. Amen. I love that picture. Read, I just love that picture. I want you to look at Psalm 23, verse 4 again, and I want you in your Bibles, if you'd like to write into them, I want you to circle a word we've yet to talk about. It's very important we talk about it, and that's the word shadow. I want you to notice that in verse 4. Even though I walk through the shadow. okay, New Living Translation calls it the darkest of valley. But he's talking about the shadows. Now, Why do I say this? Because it's not the valley that's scary. It's the shadows that the valley creates. That's what's scary to us and, and we don't even recognize it. But all of those are just simply lies that we choose to believe. Satan, all Satan can throw at you is not substance, but shadows. That's right. He can't show you, he can't throw a reality at you. So he has to create a false image of it. Now, this is important because shadows are always bigger than what is real. Yeah. Okay? And by the way, and so is fear. That's why David, he learned that. I will fear no evil. Evil is just a shadow, That's right. it's just a shadow. And so fear is always greater than our problems, isn't it? And we let our mind wander, we don't take it captive. We can really make this thing bigger than it, than it was. you know. But the second thing about shadows is shadows, again, are nothing more than an image without substance. They can't hurt you. The shadow can't hurt you. You can run into as many as you want. I don't care how big it is. It ain't going to touch you. It's not going to hurt you. But this is the biggie. Shadows do not exist without a light source. I find that interesting. And so, if light didn't exist, there would be no shadows. And so, God obviously allows shadows to exist for you to decide what you're going to actually trust the substance of reality or this false image, this thing that's not even real. See in the valley of the shadow of death, which, by the way, is an actual valley in Israel. Okay, it's deep and it's steep. It's important you catch this. But like every day, when the sun is at high noon, there's no shadows. It illuminates the entire floor of the valley, and that's exactly what the Bible tells us. I'm high and lifted up. It's a good
1: word. It's a good word.
0: And when you know who I am. Yep. Yeah. And you know who I am. He removes the shadows. And you get to see things as they really are. John 8 says Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. He's high and lifted up. David got it. You know, I'm not going to fear anything. These are just shadows. You're with me. God is with me. The light source. You know, I I I may not see it clear right now, but it's okay. I got the promise of truth. I'm not alone, and you're there to protect. You're there to guide. We're going to get through this. And on the other side, I'm going to be much, if you will, more like God than I was when I when the day began. I, I like the old hymn. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth shall grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. That's good. Reed, will you pray? Absolutely.
1: Well Father God again thank you so much for your word because it really is a light onto our path. And dear God, as we have even discussed here, Father God, thank you that that even though we will walk through different valleys in life and God, that's part of life. It, it falls on all of us. God, some of those we maybe go into ourselves and some of those you lead us, but either way, thank you that for the promise that you never leave us, that you are always there with us. Dear God, help us as people to always constantly be looking to you, as we just talked about in the hymn, looking at your face, focusing on you. And God, when that happens, we know that this will always end up in the good And we're grateful for it. So thank you for your word and and for the ways that we can apply it into our own lives and also the ways that we can use it to encourage other people that we're gonna meet this week. We ask this in your name, amen.
0: Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it, and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories, and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you, and we believe in you. God bless.